Well, thank you, Lord. The Lord's good, at me. Woo! Yes. I'm just feeling some fresh hope flowing like flowing like a river, you know, into people's hearts right now. So be, just receive that, and, you know, if you've got stuff that you need to talk to the Lord about that's confounding you, just talk to Him about it, and somewhere in the middle of the conversation, things are going to shift for you, I promise you. So this morning, we're going to, we have a guest speaker. Yeah, ain't that great? But we're going to do it different. Usually when we have guest speakers, they do all the preaching. But this morning, I'm going to do a, a short message actually to introduce him uh, and what he has to say, okay? And like Dean mentioned, he's from Love Life, and we've been showing these Love Life videos kind of all uh, month uh, to leading up to this uh, event next weekend, next Saturday morning from 9 to 11 in Charlotte where we're going to do a prayer walk. And at the most uh, highly used, uh, I don't know if that's the right word, but abortion clinic in Charlotte, uh, in the southeast. This abortion clinic has got most customers of any abortion clinic in the southeast. So it's just a lots of uh, babies are being killed there. And so, so it's not a protest. It's not being mean. Uh, you know, there's places for that kind of thing, but that's not what we're doing. And that's why we were attracted to this, because it's prayer, and it's effective prayer. That's the cool thing. It's effective prayer where God changes a person's heart who's thinking about having an abortion. And God moves on their heart because there's people praying. So we, we had this opportunity. We've been looking for years, Becky and I, like a practical way to do this without doing the traditional way of, you know, dealing with that. Not that that's wrong. I'm just saying it was wrong for us. You know what I'm saying? So, so I encourage you to come, come with us next Saturday, 9 to 11. He'll, he's going to tell us a little bit more about it in a little bit, but we're definitely going to do it, and I think it's something that's on the Lord's heart, or I wouldn't be doing it, because so, i got plenty of other opportunities to do. So we want to do what God's calling us to do. Amen? Okay, so I'm going to give you a little message here, and and stick with me. There is a good point, and it'll, it'll be fast. I can do quick messages in spite of what you may think. Lord, help me not to get on rabbit trails. Okay, the name of the message is Revelation Leads to Situation. Revelation Leads to Situation. And this is a very important point because I've been talking to you about Revelation, and I want to kind of give you... To help help you see how this how revelation fits into our life in a very real way. John twenty verse seventeen. Jesus said to her, "Do not cling to me." This is Jesus at, after he was resurrected and he's having his first encounter with a with a person being Mary. Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, "I am ascending to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God." So those were like the first. Words, you know, remember there's been teachings for years, the seven sayings of the cross, right? And one of the last things he says is finished. And so those are beautiful messages to look, go back and look at what Jesus said as he was on the cross dying. But this is the first words of Jesus preached, actually imparted to, to humanity, for, to the world when he was as a resurrected Jesus. And he said, go to your brethren and go to, and tell them I'm ascending to my father and your father. That's that that is the vital revelation 
that God wanted mankind to carry, that we have a father. And, and so that was Jesus. That's what Jesus did when he came to the earth, he came to reveal this father. Okay, God is known as a father more than he's known anything else in the scripture. And aren't we glad today that God is not uh, our heavenly foreman? We would know, get to work, right? He's not known as our heavenly foreman. He's known as our heavenly father. And that's how he wants us to know him. Let me read John uh, 14, 7 through 9, which many of you know, if, if you know us, we, you know, this is, this is the vital scripture. If you have known me, you would have known my Father also. This is Jesus. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, this is this right here. Let me just say this, what I'm fixing to read here. This is what every human being on this earth is crying out in their heart, whether they are consciously aware of it or not. Every heart yearns for this. Every heart is asking for this. Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Show us the Father, and life's questions, life issues will begin to become unraveled, and we can begin to see life and know life and know you as we were designed to know you. It, that's the amazing statement in the Bible. I think this is one of the most gripping statements, one of the most gripping questions that we'll ever ask in our life. Let us see the Father. And when we see the Father, then that's going everything's going to start lining up from that point on. Without that revelation, life will not line up for you. Let me say, you can read this, you can agree with this, but life will never line up for you until this becomes a reality in your life. I believe this with all my heart. This has been one of the most, I, I can say this without question, apart from salvation itself, this has been the greatest revelation that God has ever gave me. And it has, has transformed my life and continues to transform my life. I'm sold on this 100%, 1,000%, hook, line, and sinker. I can't get away from it. My life, it's like it goes in a circle and I come back to the same point over and over. The Father. I hope you know that I have a lot of passion about this. <laughs> and then Jesus said to him, Have I not been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? You've not known me. I've been with you so You've not known who I am. You've missed the whole point. I've been here for three years doing what I've done, and you've missed it. You've missed it. Have you not known I was trying, my whole mission in life was to let people know who the Father is, what God is really like, who He really is, that He's a Father first and foremost. Isn't that beautiful? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Remember I said last week, Gospel of John's about seeing. But it's not just about seeing just to see. It's about seeing to know. It's see to know. That's what He was saying. Have you not known me? And so how can you say, show us the Father? It's a beautiful thing. Uh, Several months ago, Becky did this interview with a local newspaper, and they asked her, uh, what is the most, was it like the most important scripture? Uh, Yeah, the most important verse. And so she said, it's this verse, what I just read. This is the most important verse to us because for us, this is the core of who we are. This is the core of what this church is really about. If you want to know, what is this church ultimately about? Let's get down to it. That's what it is right there. Let me read what she said because she said it very well. This, I'm quoting Becky 
Davis Wicker. Okay, it's amazing what she said. I was like so proud of her when I read it. Like, wow, she's got this way better than me. And you're saying, well, why ain't she up here preaching it then, right? <laughs> you should be asking that question. Something's wrong here. She said, when man fell in the Garden of Eden, he fell away from his true identity. His true identity was as a son of God created in God's image. Isn't that beautiful? I believe every man and woman is seeking to be reconnected back to the Father and Creator. I just love that. The only way we know our true identity is by being connected to the one whose image we are made. Isn't that beautiful? Christ came not only to reveal Him, but made the way for us to be reconnected back to Him through the work of the cross and sending the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. Isn't that beautiful? These verses always remind me that my foundation in life is that I am a child of God. This is major. Isn't that beautiful? And I could say, if you want to know, if, if we had to say, sum up River Life, here's the scripture, here's, the, here's this thing, this is what burns in us. No matter what we do, you know, I've been doing teachings on revelation and prophetic. I'm not doing teachings on that stuff for the sake of that stuff. As much as I love revelation, as much as I love spiritual experiences, there's a point to it. It's not, that's not the end. Revelation is beautiful, it's awesome, but that's not the end thing. Revelation is to help us see the Father. That's, it's to take us somewhere. It's to give us something beyond what we have. Because when we begin to see the Father, we begin to know the Father. Not by revelation. I mean, not by information. Information is good, but all it'll do is inform you. I can inform you all day long what the Bible says. But only the Holy Spirit can reveal. And revealing transforms. 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says we're revealed, we're changed, we're transformed from glory to glory. As we begin to see and we begin to experience this amazing God that we have. And our lives are changed from the inside out. That's what Revelation is all about. This is what all this is about. This is what all the dreams, all the visions, everything, all the talk about open heaven, spiritual experiences, encounters, miracles, is all about this. This is the point. You know the point. You know the answer. I, this is our answer that God has given us to carry in our hearts. And to release to other people and bring them in to what God always wanted them to have. So don't, sometimes I feel like I get lost in, you know, all the other stuff. But there's this, like I say, I keep going back to this point. This is the reason we're doing what we're doing. This is the reason we want River Life to be River Life and who River Life is. It's because we feel like this is what God has. If we can get people connected like that and get them into this flow of revelation to know the Father, to know Jesus Christ, to know the Holy Spirit. Let me read Romans eight fifteen. Everybody knows it. It's good. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Daddy, Daddy, Father. So, you know, that's what he's doing. His job, the Holy Spirit, is, is working hard in our hearts to give us this revelation, to bring us into this revelation. That we're children of God. We belong to God. And our highest identity is sons and daughters of God. That's our highest and greatest identity. And out of that identity as sons and daughters flows other identities. Okay? There's other identities that the Bible identifies 
But if you don't get this sons and daughters identity settled, because you can never know your identity until you know the person who identified you, who created you. He's the creator, and when you begin to know him as father, then you begin to know yourself. That's, the, that's really the order. That's the biblical order. That's the structured order of God. As we know the Father, then we begin to know ourselves. We begin to know who we really are. We begin to know what's really in us. The real us can begin to emerge out of this behind our walls and masks and all the things that have been piled on us that we've readily accepted trying to make it in this world. And we start getting rid of all that, shedding that stuff like a snake sheds its skin. And we begin to gain our true identity. And then as we begin to walk in these things and begin to grow in these things, God begins to talk to us about these other identities like kings and priests. That we have a royal call on our life to decree and stand before the world as a king to see his kingdom come. Okay, that's, that's a kingly calling that every one of us in this room have. That's a kingly identity. And then there's this priest thing, which is a holy calling to, to stand as a priest and pray and intercede, you know, for the world around us and for each other. And, but it all goes back to this one thing. See, see, I can't step into that priestly calling until I've stepped into to the revelation of the Father. Not really. Not really. You may think you can. You may think you can bypass God and have, and, and have you know, jump over steps with things. I promise you, I'm a long time in this. I tried for years to get to a place that only God could take me. Okay? Spiritually. Because I knew it was there. It was in me. But I had to go through the order that God laid out for me. And the order was knowing Him as a Father. And that being by revelation. And then begin to know me and begin to get healed and freed. And begin to get to be a son. Am I walking in that 100%? Absolutely not. When Jesus returns and I see Him face to face, I'm 100%. Because it says I will be like Him then. But today I'm not that. I'm on a journey though. If someone said, I'm not arrived, but I have left the airport. I'm on the plane going somewhere. And you get on that plane this morning. Get on the plane. Get on the plane. So, <sighs> I, gotta, I'm, I said all this. Whew. Let me say, 2007, I had this amazing time with God. It was like God undid me. It was like I needed to be undid. And put me back together. Like, boy, you're so twisted up, son. You look like a pretzel. I literally saw myself as a pretzel. All twisted up. And God was like, whoa, boy, we need to untwist you and loosen you up. And, you know, we need to do some back surgery on you, boy. (laughs) That was a great testimony, wasn't it? Hey, at the end, we're going to have an altar call about what we're fixing to talk about. But also, I want people who need healing and get Dave Denistrin to pray for you because that's a miracle what that man went through. God's a miracle God. No matter how he does it, he's a miracle God. It's a powerful testimony. Especially the part about getting rid of that bag that man was carrying around. Y'all, I don't know if y'all know what a catheter is. I didn't really know until I found out. Like, oh, Lord. Uh-uh. I felt sorry. I didn't feel sorry for him about his back. I thought, God, I'm telling that guy's walking around with a bag. He didn't tell you this. I'm going to expose him. Where is it? He got up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom, and, you know, he got the bag. It ain't like you hook it and unhook it. And realize it's kind of feeling different. The bag fell off. God removed that thing while he slept. 
And then he found out he was healed. And he was a little anxious about it because it took him hours to get the thing in there. Ugh, Jesus. The Lord had mercy on him, right? <laughs> All right, I'm just straight. I promise I wouldn't do that. I'm going to finish here. Okay? What I just said to you, what I just said to you, that's our cause. I'm not looking for a cause. Not even, not even uh, you know, this cause we're going to talk about this morning. I'm not, I'm not looking for that cause. But here's, we have a cause. God spoke to me after he, that weekend, seven, 10 years ago, or 11 years ago now. The first thing he said to me, this is what God, the Holy Spirit said to me. After all that was over with, I'm going home. I'm happy as a, I'm happy as a lark because God had just revealed and did, did more in three days in my life than in years. It was incredible. It was like the moment, it was like that turnaround breakthrough. But this is what he said to me. I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. And I've made a mess of it since then. But he said, you are not taking care of the children in your country. That's what he said to me. And I'm stunned. Like, what do you mean I'm not? You know, like I'm not responsible for the. But he was saying, yes, we all are responsible for the children in this country. Every per- and I remember going home and opening the, and looking on the news, different news websites, and stunned at what I was seeing about children. One of the first ones I read was like a two-year baby, two-year-old baby boy thrown out of his car at high speed. His parents threw him out in his car seat to get rid of him. I was just broken, and I realized God's broken about the children. And so here's what I want you to get. Anytime we talk about a revelation of the Father, okay, anytime God is going to bring up children because God's a Father. What do fathers think about? Ask any granddaddy in this room that have grandchildren. Well, if if you're a granddaddy, you have grandchildren. (laughs) But ask them. Talk to them. You'll find out right quick is what's in their heart. You'll find out what right quick thrills them. That thrill is God. That's where they got it from. They got it from the father because he's thrilled about the little ones. And so the Bible teaches us about these little ones that are in the womb. And I could give you a bunch of scriptures. I'm not. But it tells us this. They, the, you know, it used to be unborn. I don't think they use that term. I think preborn is a better term for the day. A preborn child, okay, is just as much a human being as anybody in this room. It is not a glob of cells. It is not a glob of cells. And so when we begin to get a revelation of the Father, what did I say? Revelation leads to situation. Okay? I've tried to do a lot of things to see this revelation of the Father released. I'll just say this. I have failed at most of it. Because a lot of it, I didn't have wisdom. I didn't allow God. I didn't allow God time to work in my heart. But when God started beginning to bring this thing up to us about, about love life, we kind of ignored it at first, you know, like, okay, that's great, yeah, 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 I don't know why that keeps coming up, you know. <laughs> we concluded that this is, this is the mind of the Lord for us because this is a situation that we can take this heart of a father that we're carrying, many of you in this room are carrying, that we're carrying, and we can, we can, we can exercise our, our identity as sons and daughters for those who are not yet birthed 
as brothers and sisters that somebody has to stand in the gap for and say, you're just as important as this person sitting here who's living his life. And your life is in danger. And if, his, if Marlon's life is, was in danger, I guarantee you Piles office would surround Marlon and go to Marlon and to help fight to keep Marlon alive. Wouldn't we not do that? Well, God is saying, this is what God's revealing us, the same thing for these, these pre-born children, that we can fight for them. We can stand as kings and priests also, as kings to declare the kingdom coming on these ladies who are making decisions. That's terrible. And there's a lot of reasons they may. I've read a bunch of this stuff. I've been researching it ever since we started this, but they know more than I know. The, so, and then, it's, well, so, so, look, so here's, here's my thing, is I'm asking you to, we, we're going to praise, Wednesday's a day of prayer and fasting. Or if you can pray, great. If you can fast, great. If you can fast and not pray, that's great too. I don't know how you would do that though, because... Every time I fast, I prayed like, oh, God, help me to get through today. I mean, I don't know. Fasting just seems like it gets me focused on trying to get through today versus what God's after. But that would be awesome. Then next Saturday from 9 to 11, we're going to go down there, and Becky and I are going to go. I know some other of you signed up. If you can't go, great. That's all right. This is not, I'm not trying to mess with you this morning. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth this morning. Okay, what I'm telling you is not coming trying to manipulate you or trying to... I'm just telling you how I feel, okay? I'm telling you why I feel that way, okay? I believe God has a huge heart for these preborn children. I believe He has a, a huge heart for these other ones that are running around. I think He has an amazing heart for these big, you know, hairy guys that are already here. He, all, it's, it's all of us, and... And so I want us to have this opportunity. We have an opportunity. All I'm doing is in, this is an invitation to invite you to pray this week. There's other churches in Mooresville doing this. If, you're, if you can, go down Saturday. If you can't go, pray for the people who do go. You know, it, it's, this is freedom. But it is something I really want to encourage you towards, you know, because it is a way to take revelation and put it practical in a situation. And so it's a time to go down. They don't do bad things. They just go pray. But it's effective praying, and people change their mind and don't do abortions. That's a great thing. They change their mind, and a a life is saved, and it's just beautiful. So let's welcome Andre. How about that? I did preach short. (laughs) Tell me. Actually, I did longer. I don't know what time I started, but... I did longer than I thought. So this is Andre. I just met. I thought I knew Andre. Oh yeah, I know Andre. I talked to him. Before. I've known him, and then I saw him. Like I don't know him. <laughs> thank you, brother. Bless you, man. Thank you so much, Pastor Byron and Becky. Thank you so much for partnering with us and adopting week twenty-nine out of our forty-week journey of hope. Come on, church. <laughs> love it, man. I love your worship. The spirit of revival here at this church. I'm here, I'm thinking, this feels like where I was at a Bible college. I went to Christ for the Nations Bible College, and I just fell in love with Jesus there. And it's just that spirit of revival. And I'm like, man, this is right here. And I live right here in Mooresville, seven minutes from you guys. And so God is doing some really cool stuff here in Mooresville. Do you know that there are four other churches that are all adopting the same week right here in Mooresville? And Life Fellowship out in Cornelius, they're also adopting. So we're going to have probably three, 400 people at the prayer walk. Come on. It's going to be awesome. 
All right, so I've got a video for you. We have it hooked up, guys? All right, I'm going to play this video. Check out this video. Come on, put your hands together. What God is doing with the Wiggins family. So these guys went to the abortion center to get an abortion. They ran into our partners, and they chose life. They chose salvation. And then they realized, you know, now that we've given our hearts to the Lord, now we've got to get our, our, our relationship right with God. So our partner said, well, we're gonna, we'll throw you a wedding. So the very next week, they threw him a wedding at, the, at a park. They got him a pastor, got her a wedding dress, got him a wedding cake, got him a wedding ring, and got him a night at a beautiful hotel. Come on. That's awesome. Not only that, but we got her connected. We got both of them connected to a local church and got them a mentor where they're being discipled and learning about Jesus. Come on. Come on. You see, when, when they said love life, what they meant, really meant was the church. It was the church that was there at the darkest place of our city to tell them about the love of Jesus, that there, there is a better option. So I want to give you a little history of what's been happening here. So uh, as we've been out there doing the prayer walk, uh, May the 5th, we had our very first Women for Life prayer walk. We had 1,200 women out there, out there praying. Check this out, 18 moms chose life that week and two that day when we were praying. Thank you, Lord. So yesterday we, we did the prayer walk and we did our very first Hispanics for Life prayer walk. We had 227 people for the first time. It was translated in Spanish. 227 people out there and six moms chose life and two gave their hearts to Jesus. Come on. Come on. So I want to give you an update on what's been happening here. So in the past 29 weeks, you guys are adopting week 29, we've seen 280 families choose life in the past 29 weeks. We've seen over 6,000 people participate in the prayer walk. We've seen five abortion workers leave that place and say they don't want to be involved in that situation before anymore. And we've seen 25 people that were at the, their own Saturday when we were praying and they walked away from the abortion and decided to choose life. Come on. So Love Life Charlotte is, here's our vision. We are uniting and mobilizing the church to create a culture of love and life that will result to an end to abortion and the orphan crisis. We believe we're not going to leave it up to a politician or legislation to end abortion. We believe that it is up to the church to see abortion happen. You see, God has called the church to shape the culture, and politicians and legislations will follow the culture. We're creating a culture where moms and dads will run to the local church before they run to the local abortion center. Come on, church. That's changing the culture, and we're believing that's going to happen. So I want to give you the tragic truth of abortion in our city. Now, I want you to know this. There are no abortion centers in Mooresville. There's none in Davidson. None in Cornelius, none in Huntersville, none in Statesville, none in Newton, none in Hickory. All the people that want abortions, if you were to Google it, you, you go to Charlotte. That's where the abortion centers are. There are three abortion centers, but the one that we focus on is the largest abortion center in the entire southeast. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. But, um, but this is the tragic truth of abortion in our city, that abortion is the leading cause of death in the city of Charlotte. Not heart disease, not cancer. That 150 to 200 babies are killed every week in your city and my city. 
There are three abortion centers in the city of Charlotte, and we have the largest abortion center in the entire southeast. So I want you just to think about this, that, that this abortion center that we're going to to pray, and remember, we're not protesting, we're not arguing, we're not shouting or shaming. We're interceding that that mom will choose life, and, and God is doing it. So here's, here's, this abortion center does more abortions than any facility in Miami, Orlando, Jacksonville, Atlanta, and Raleigh. They do the most abortions right in our backyard. One in four women will have an abortion in their lifetime. 54% identify as Christians. And not only this, we've done some more research. 54% of people that are having abortions right here in our city say that they were in an evangelical church within the month. So this is not just an issue outside the church, but it's right here also in our church. Did you know that there are 12,000 children in the state of North Carolina that are in our foster care system? So we're not only interested in the orphans inside the womb, but we're also after the orphans outside the womb. There's over 2,000 kids that are, in, uh, that are free and clear for adoption. So in other words, right now, we talk about having orphanages in China and Africa, but right here in our own state, there are 2,000 orphans. And do you know that there are over 17,000 churches in the state of North Carolina? We should have wiped out the foster care system because of the church. So we're not about shame and condemnation, but about healing and restoration. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new. Say new. A new creation. The old is gone and and the new has come. So if you're here and you've had an abortion in your past, I don't want you to feel shame guilt, and condemnation. When, you've, when you took it to the Father and you said, God, forgive me, it's gone, wiped away. But, but also I want you to know this. My mom had three abortions before she became a Christian. And then she became a Christian. She still kept it a secret for 17 years. I said, Mom, why? She said, I was so filled with gate, shame, guilt, and condemnation. And so she went through this Bible study called Surrender the Secret. And so if you're here and you've had an abortion, God has set you free. You are healed. There's no condemnation. But I want to encourage you to go through this Bible study called Surrender the Secret. And my mom said this. She said layers of healing took place. As she went through this, she went through this journey. Layers of healing took place. And now she teaches the class. And she said, even when I teach the class, the more layers of healing, I get to, like, like an onion, layers of healing, I experience layers of healing, and then God is using me to see others experience healing. So c- come see me afterwards. Prayer is the key. Everybody get your car keys out. Get your car keys out. Prayer is the key. Here's my car keys. God says this. He goes, listen, prayer is the key. I've given you the keys of the kingdom. I've given you. It's like you've got this brand new Ferrari out there. And God said, here's the keys. Like, yeah. But God said, listen, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So if you want to see abortion end in your city, prayer is the key. And he's already given it to us. And my mom said this. My, my mom was here this weekend. And she goes, she said, God, you know, we've been out there for two and a half years praying and interceding. She said, why, why hasn't abortion end yet? She said, uh, he said, God spoke to her and said, I'm waking up the church and I'm mobilizing the church to stand for righteousness. 
And because there's more and more churches that are out there that are not involved, and I'm giving them the call saying, come join us to stand for righteousness in our city. So this is what's been doing as we've been out there praying. Remember, we're not protesting. We're praying and we're fasting on Wednesday. This is what's been happening. We've seen 150 churches uh, partner with us in the past two and a half years. We've also started Love Life Raleigh and Love Life Greensboro. And check this out. There was a church that's literally right across the street from the abortion center in Greensboro. And the pastor said, listen, thank you for, for approaching us. I didn't know what to do. And, and I, uh, uh, it was like the elephant in the room in an abortion center right across the street from our church. And we have been doing nothing. And he gets up on the pulpit and he repents. And then he says that in his past, before he gave his life to Christ, he had two abortions. He was part of two abortions. And he, and, but no one knew, so he repented to everybody. And he says, no longer will we be silent. No longer will we do nothing. They had 200 people from their church come to the prayer walk there in Greensboro two weeks ago. And you ready for this? They were praying and interceding. That abortion center had electrical problems. And they had to shut down the abortion center for the first time. We had zero abortions at an abortion center. Come on. Don't tell me that's a coincidence. That, that is not a coincidence. Do you know? And then only that, but there were uh, moms that went to the abortion center. They have a mobile unit out there, and they try to get the moms to go on the mobile unit and get a free ultrasound, and then they'll tell them about the gospel and about hope and life. And three moms chose life that day. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it in our city, God. So as we've been out there for the past two and a half years, we've seen 29,289 people participate in the prayer walk. Come on. We've seen, ready for this, 1,093 moms and dads choose life in the past two and a half years as we've prayed. Now, just think about this. Just think about this. We're talking an entire elementary school will live And have the opportunity to graduate from high school, to get married, to go to college, to to and have babies of their own. We have no idea. And one of those could be the next Billy Graham, the next Pastor Byron and Becky, the next Einstein, the next innovator, the next musician that will sing like never one and lead people to Jesus. We have no idea what they they have. The next a future president that will be a godly born again president that will lead our city. The next Lou Engle. You guys know who Lou Engle is? I mean, a wild revival man. And he is packing out stadiums. That next one could be that. Come on. We have no idea. And as a result, we've seen a 70% drop in abortions that are taking place on Wednesdays when the church is fasting and praying. So church, I'm asking you, will you fast with us? They're seeing a result. As we fast and pray, the results is moms aren't even showing up to that abortion center. They're having a change of heart. 70% drop in abortions on Wednesdays and on Saturdays when we're there praying. We've seen 20 abortion workers leave that industry. One of them came to the prayer walk and joined us at the prayer walk. Come on. Yeah. And we've seen 270 people get connected beyond the prayer walk and got involved in our mentor program, orphan care, and front lines. So we have a mentor program that when a mom chooses life, we connect them with the local church in, in their area. So if a mom goes to, uh, that lives in Mooresville, goes and decides to choose life, you know who we're going to connect them to? You guys. And maybe you're here and you might be that mentor, that mom or dad 
that would walk with them and, and teach them and minister to them and, and walk with them and disciple them. So check out this video. This is a video of all the churches that came back for one big prayer walk. We had 5,000 people at this thing. Check this out. This was last year. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When you show up and pray, you are opening your mouth. You're speaking for those that don't have a voice. And that's what we're called to do as the church of Jesus Christ. Jesus said this, those that seek to save their life will lose it. But those that lose their lives for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, they will find it. Church, now is the time for us to lose our lives for the sake of those who need our voice. We've got to lay our lives down. We've got to give up a Saturday. We've got to give up a day of the week for the sake of those that don't have a voice. I just want you to understand that you are part of making history today. And what happens in the city of Charlotte can literally spread around the country. Jesus said to us, to you and to me, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. When I go into a dark room, I don't curse the darkness. I say, where is the light? Let your light shine. Friends, let's make history today in Charlotte. This is our city. This is our generation. These are our children. This is not the end. This is just the beginning, church. This is not the end. This is just the beginning. Put your hands together. Come, Lord, do it. Come, Lord, do it. So this is Adoption Week. You are adopting week 29, and we want to take you through four steps. Everybody say here, pray, go, connect. So you have heard the tragic truth of abortion, that abortion is the leading cause of death in our city, that 150 to 200 babies are killed every week. This is the number one more issue of our day. And now that you've heard, we're asking you to pray. Say pray. We must align our hearts with the fathers. We need, we need to win it in the spirit first, and then we're going we're gonna to see it happen in the natural realm. So this Wednesday, will you fast and pray with us? Will you miss a couple of meals and intercede for that mom to choose life? I mean, do, when you think about it, here's when you pray, I want you to think about this. 150 to 200 babies that are on the, diver, on the verge of being terminated. But we stand in the gap and watch God do a miracle. Will you do that with us? And then go. Everybody say go. Why do we go? We go because we carry King Jesus with us. He's in us. So when light shows up, what happens to darkness? It leaves. So we carry, we're couriers and carriers of the presence of God. So when we, where, we, where we go, darkness must leave, and it's happening. So that's why we go. We also go because the Bible says for us to go into all the world 
and preach the gospel. Go into Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the, of the world. So one thing great about this, it's like going on a mission trip. And the cool thing about this mission trip is you don't need a passport. You don't need to pack a bag. You don't need to go on an airplane. You don't need to raise support. You can get in your car and drive 45 minutes down the road, and we can go to the darkest place in our city and pray and watch God do miracles. So would you go? Bring your family. Everyone that goes to the prayer walk, you're going to get a free T-shirt. You're going to get a free wristband. Um, I bring my kids with me almost every Saturday. It's a family thing. Come and, and, and be a part of it. Remember, we're not going to be engaging. We're not going to be protesting. We're going to be praying. And then connect. Everybody say connect. We're going to give you an opportunity to go beyond the prayer walk and get involved as a mentor, uh, as uh, get involved in orphan care. Uh, you know, Psalm 63, uh, 68, 5 and 6 says this, A father to the fatherless, a defender of the widows, is God in his holy dwelling. He takes the lonely and he sets them in families. I believe God doesn't want us to build more orphanages, but he wants us to adopt more kids. So today, I'm calling you to action. This is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters, not love with words or speech, but with action and in truth. With action, I'm calling you to action. So we got our ushers here, and our ushers is going to pass out some clipboards. And if you would like to officially participate in Adoption Week, what I want to encourage you to do is would you just give us your first and last name, give us your email address, and check the box if you'd like to fast and pray with us, and then check the box if you want to come with us to the prayer walk this Saturday. Now, let's say you can't go this Saturday, but you can pick another Saturday. Great. Go ahead and just fill it out. You have the information. It'll be sent to your email box, and you have everything you need to to participate and get involved. Okay, the time, it's 9 o'clock. Get there. I would say get, since all you guys are new to the prayer you, you need T-shirts, I would say get there around 830. So you, there's going to be a lot of people there for this particular prayer walk. There's going to be lots of people. So come early. Get your T-shirt. We've got parking attendants that will show you where to park. Um, bring a bottle of water because it's probably going to be hot. And what I can't think of a better thing to do on a Memorial Day weekend. Excuse me, Labor Day weekend. But to come and to pray and be a part of something like this. Jeremiah 5.28 says this, They pleaded the case of the fatherless not to win it. It was a rebuke for Jeremiah's day, and it's a rebuke for us today. We're here not to slow down the orphan crisis, but we are here to win it. God spoke to Justin Arita, the founder of Love Life Charlotte, and God said this, and if you wake up the church, and you get the church to come out here and fill these streets with thousands of people to pray, abortion would end in our city. We have an opportunity to see abortion end in our city. Will you join us? It's going to take the whole body of Christ. It's going to take the Baptist standing next to the Presbyterian, the Presbyterian standing next to the Pentecostal, the Pentecostal standing next to the non-denominational, the non-denominational standing next to the charismatic. It's going to take all of us to all come together to unite and to be like Moses. Everybody say Moses. What did Moses do? Moses went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. He used a man. God anointed, and I had this vision of the whole body of Christ in Charlotte all coming together and all being like Moses, and we're going to come to the stronghold. We're going to speak to that stronghold of abortion, that mindset, and we're going to say, let my people go. And it's going to come tumbling down, 
And, and I, what, what, if, what if it was the key or a spark for revival? What if? Happened with David. When David knocked down the giant, all that they rushed in. What if it was a key for an awakening in our city? What if? I believe there's a good possibility it could be. Why not? Why not? Okay, everybody fill. I'm going to give you just a couple more seconds to fill that out. Does everybody get, everybody get the clipboard? If you haven't signed up, is it coming, coming your way? Oh, it's slow going. Okay, okay, okay. All right. All right, so let's pray. If you're, if you're filling it out, go ahead and fill it out. But I want us to close our eyes and let's pray together. Father, you have given us this opportunity to come together as the body of Christ and to petition heaven and to pray for life for these babies and that these moms would have an encounter with you because we know abortion is devastating for a woman. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for my brothers and sisters here at this church. I pray in Jesus' name that they would see what you want them to see, that they would feel what you want them to feel, and you would break our hearts with the things that break your heart. Father, we know that you care about life. Lord, that in Jeremiah, you said, before, even before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I set you apart, and I called you to be a prophet to the nations. And so, God, we, we know that even before you were born, we were born, you, you have a calling on our life. Father, let us see that. Let us feel that. Let us experience that. And may we pray like we've never prayed before. To stand in the gap for these moms. God, help us, Lord. If you're here and you're like, I, w- I want to do this, Andre. I want, I want to adopt this week. I want to stand in the gap for these moms. I want to fast and pray on Wednesday. And I'm going to come out to the prayer walk on Saturday. Or you're going to be able to do one or the other. Um, But you would like to participate in Adoption Week. Would you raise your hand? I want to pray for you. Raise your hand. All right, if you have your hand raised, would you stand up? You want to stand up with me? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Come on. That's it. All right, if you're standing, would you come on up to the front? I just want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Yeah, this is awesome. This is awesome. Yeah, come on up. And you're participating in Adoption Week some way, form, or fashion. Fast and pray on Wednesday. Come to the prayer walk on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. You know, we did this several weeks back, and we prayed for these moms that were considering abortion. There were eight saves on Monday the very next day. Eight moms chose life. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab hands with your neighbor if you could. And, and I, I feel like I'm at the right church, Pastor Byron. You guys know how to intercede, don't you? I love it. Ah, I love it. All right. So for these, for these next three minutes, I want you to intercede for every mom that's considering abortion. Next three minutes, intercede like you've never interceded before. And what, you know what helps me is I visualize that mom, just visualize the appointment book, all the names of the appointment book. 
that are on there, 150 to 200 of them there, and, 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 and visualize that woman having an encounter with God and realizing the eyes open up, and they realize this baby has a purpose. I can't kill, I can't murder my own child. And all of a sudden they have a revelation or they get a text from grandma, hey, I'll help you. Or the man, and here's another thing, when the man rises up and says, sweetheart, I'll help you. We'll partner with you. You don't have to do this. Nine times out of ten, the woman chooses life. When they don't feel alone, pray that the man rises up and say, I will get involved with this. I'll, I'll get an extra job. We'll do whatever it takes. We must not terminate this pregnancy. All right, for three minutes, go pray with all you got.